0: I, I'm going to try to not be too controversial today, I'm not going to try real hard, Um, but I don't want to get off of the the main subject, Uh, but but in doing so, I think we need to kind of travel around some things. Um, How many of you, um, how many of you would like to hear from the Lord pretty regularly, like would like to hear from the Lord, like in a relationship. How many of you stress out about that sometimes, about making a mistake or not, being, not hearing correctly, right? This is something that I've thought a lot about lately and is not necessarily the direction I'm going, but as we were during worship, I thought about it. Um, I think I want to ask you guys, but I think I know probably the, the main reason why people are afraid to um, really try to hear from the Lord, not necessarily audibly, but even through other people different things. And y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but is it fear of making a mistake or, or not hearing correctly? Is that, that was one of the reasons that, that I struggled with it. Um, th- the good thing is we do have his word that keeps us kind of grounded in wor- the direction that he's going. And his Holy Spirit never contradicts his word. But, and I say this, and I say this very carefully, it can contradict our misinterpretation of it. Right. And the reason I say that is because I've heard a lot of people um, that don't have the heart of God, use the Bible to hurt people. And that's not what my Bible teaches. Not even a little bit. Um, so, having knowing that, knowing the heart of God and knowing that we have scripture, I want to I release you guys to, to chill out a little bit. <laughs> it's okay. Listen to the Holy Spirit. If you're concerned about making a mistake, it's okay. We all make mistakes. Listen, listen, um, I always go to Tracy. I'm sure, she, I know she doesn't like me always calling her out, but she's the closest relationship that I have. I have lots of relationships with you guys and other people, but she's the she's the closest person that I have, so I have to use her as an example. Sorry. It is what it is. Um, you picked me, too. so So with Tracy, there have been mistakes made on her side of this relationship. I mean, I haven't seen any. I'm sure they're there somewhere, because I overlook them all. No, I'm just kidding. There's been mistakes made on my end, I know for a fact, big ones. Probably recently. (laughs) Um, Probably just this, (laughs) it was this morning. Oh my gosh, it was. It was over a tree. I'm not going to get into that, all right. (laughs) That's a true story. So anyway, we we make mistakes, but are we still in a relationship? Yes. Yes. You see how that works? Hopefully, the name of our church is Pure Grace Church. We should probably have some grace, right? Jesus does, His Holy Spirit does. If He's a comforter, He's not going to like push us out somewhere and then like sweep the leg, you know, like trip us. You know, He's not malicious. He He wants us to hear from Him. He wants us to walk in His ways, and His ways are good, and they're beneficial to us. It's cool because we get to be involved in it, and um, at the same time, benefit from it. It's cool because other people can benefit from from us hearing from the Holy Spirit and moving a bit outside of ourselves. And I'm always careful with the word uh, comfort zone because it's a, a bit of a buzz uh, in a lot of churches of just making you feel uncomfortable. So you you know that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't just make you feel uncomfortable. It's not telling you to move, you know, to a country far away, and you go, oh, well, it's got to be the Holy Spirit because I don't want to do that. <laughs> Come on, There's, this isn't a formula. <laughs> Uh, the Holy Spirit will lead you in a place where he comforts you wherever you go. So if he's leading you to another country, maybe it is a little bit outside of the norm, um, but he'll, he will give you confirmation and you will be comforted as you go because the Holy Spirit is not the uncomforter. <laughs> so he's not trying to kick you out of your comfort zone. He, he's with you the whole way. I'm, I'm kind of chasing rabbits here. But don't be afraid to hear from the Holy Spirit on, a, on an individual level, corporately, Hopefully, I can speak um, from the Holy Spirit, you re- and the Holy Spirit in you resonates in that. We've talked about sympathetic resonance. There's a piano over here, a piano over there, and you, pay, you play a chord. The, the chord in the other piano will will resonate, will vibrate to that chord, and no one's near it. In the same way, I hope, well, I know, I'm not trying to manipulate anybody or brainwash anybody into thinking the way that I think. <laughs> you, you'd be lost in my crazy head anyway. <laughs> I don't want to give you all ADD. So... Uh, <laughs> But what I do want is I hope I speak from the Holy Spirit, from the Word of God, and it resonates with you in your Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? In the same way, you do the same thing with other people. So don't don't downplay it and don't be afraid of it, okay? Um, he can speak to you in dreams and visions, not just bad taco dreams, but like legit dreams, you'll know. <laughs> um, and he'll speak to you uh, through other people. He'll speak to you in situations. Uh, I just was reminded, Chris jokingly said he, <laughs> he missed last week and, and, uh, Usually after we, like he came with me off-roading, he was like, usually use some example. I wanted to hear what example you came up with from like a hill. This hill reminded me of a parable when we were off-roading. But I didn't. I don't think that I did. Anyway, I don't know. See? I don't even know what I'm talking about here. Welcome to my world. All right. And so uh, so don't, don't be afraid. I didn't see anything there, but sometimes I can. Sometimes I see things when I'm off doing things, cutting grass, whatever. So don't be afraid to make a mistake. Don't be afraid to uh, step out every once in a while if the Holy Spirit's leading you because it's Okay. He's, he's not going to just go, oh, well, you blew it. <laughs> You're out. You know what I mean? All right. Having said that, um, I, unfortunately, I am on social media. <laughs> Fortunately, unfortunately. When I first got on, it was back in MySpace, back in the MySpace days. That's going way back. And I remember, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. I remember even MySpace and Facebook and the Twitter or whatever you guys use and everything and Instagram. There there was a lot of hoopla, especially in the church, about how it was evil and bad or good or whatever. And I, I'll never forget Reinhard Bonnke um, saying that uh, when it came to him and he saw it, he was like, oh, I just see another pulpit. It's just a tool to use one way or another. The, the only issue is sometimes if we get caught just looking at a lot of things, it can really drag you down if you, if you really see. Because what social media does is it gives everyone a platform <laughs> nobody's earned the right to say anything but everybody's saying something <laughs> and boy do they say stuff um and many like i said in the beginning will try to use uh the bible to beat people up and hurt people and many in in defense of other people will try to beat people up and we talked about last week and i want to review quickly And i don't i don't want to i don't know how far i'm gonna get into my notes because i really want to get to a certain place today um but I do want to review a little bit last week. If you weren't here last week, and I see a few people that weren't here, I encourage you to go back and listen to that message on, on a podcast, but I'll give you another spoiler alert. The movie, the movie I Am Legend, I'm going to try to give you a quick rundown um, because I, it really ties into what I'm talking about today. Last week was Jesus loved the Pharisees, um, and that's not, not something a lot of people talk about because there was lots of issues he had with the Pharisees, but he did genuinely love them. Go back and listen to that message. You'll hear about it. But I do want to hang out with the I Am Legend thing. The movie I Am Legend, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. And I said last week, and I talked to Mark Friday. We went and visited with him. By the way, Marianne's doing better. Um, she was up and walking. She can't put any weight on it. But she, um, she had a walker, and she looked really good. And, and it, we had a really good visit. Um, but she is doing better. And she appreciates the prayers and gift cards and gifts. So there's that. Um, but I did tell him, I said, you would kill me. And I told him last week that I gave away, like, the ending of a movie. Um, but I'm going to do it again. So it is what it is. <laughs> It's worth it. <laughs> so the, the version that they changed, they call the alternate ending, which was the original ending, um, really makes more sense and I really love because throughout the movie, um, there's, you think good guy, bad guy, good guys, Will Smith, bad guys, these uh, zombies with really vampires or whatever they are, these monsters that he is trying to fix. And so they can't come in the light um, and if he goes in the darkness, they can get him or whatever. So he goes out in the light and he traps them, brings them back and he's a doctor and he's trying to fix them trying to bring them back to normal, his normal. Um, but most of the time he does not he ends up killing them. And so throughout the whole movie you're thinking this, these are bad guys, Will Smith's the good guy. Um, but with the, with the original ending that they changed so they could have a sequel, uh, there's these clues all throughout the movie and it ends up with the big bad, the baddest monster, whatever you wanna call it, was trying to get in through this, this plexiglass wall and he creates a butterfly which is a theme throughout the movie. And Will Smith sees the butterfly tattoo on the, the, the beast or whatever he's working on, and it's that guy's spouse. It's his wife or whatever. And so he, he opens the door, and all the other bad guys, you would say, are outside, and this big bad one's right in his face, and he wheels her out. He, he, he recognizes all the pictures on the walls of the ones he's tried to fix, and he's killed, and he recognizes what's happened. They're looking at him as the bad guy. Will Smith is a bad guy. So for for a long time, I thought, oh, wow, this is awesome. Will Smith was the bad guy. But now I realize that there was no bad guy because Will Smith wheels this guy's spouse out and the guy gets in his face and screams at him. It's a pretty intense moment, but he holds back all the other ones and they don't hurt They don't hurt the actor, Will Smith, or the character in there. And they're, they're okay with him because they both realize that they were both trying to help. They thought he was the bad guy and he thought they were the bad guy. And so what happened is they had what's called empathy for each other. They saw in a moment, and I love good acting, too, um, and, and there was no word said. You just you you pick up on it in that scene. And so what I found is, especially throughout Scripture, too, that this was the way Jesus acted and reacted to things. He he saw things from a different position, um, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. And so what I find is, especially on social media, you've got this back and forth between lots of different things. I'm going to try not to get too specific, but I may. Who knows? Um, but where people, there's, there's people on different sides trying to battle it out. Um, a lot of times, uh, and I get involved in it too, so I'm not just trying to call anybody else out because I'm, I'm bad about it too. Trying to pick sides and figure out who's, who's right and who's wrong. The problem is when we get into those battles, most of the time nobody wins. Most of the time we, both, both of us lose because there's no relationship that's built. There's nothing that's changed and we're just frustrated with each other and we're angry. Um, Man, I'm trying to see how how far I want to go with this. I've had conversations. I've got lots of different friends from different lifestyles and different backgrounds and different ethnicities and different cultures, and I've had some very deep and meaningful conversations with all of them. Um, I have friends who are married to police officers. I have friends who are police officers, and they deal with stress that I'll never deal with where they don't know if their spouse is going to come home at night because they may get shot. Um, I'll, never know, I'll never fully understand that. I mean, I can't. I want to understand it in a way, um, but I can't fully understand that. But they do. I have friends um, who are African American that I've talked to, and I'll never have to think about if my teenage daughter goes out at night if someone might mistake them and shoot them. I don't, I don't have to think about that. So they, may, they may get shot because of the color of their skin. I don't have to think. I don't think about that. I can't. I can't fully understand that. Um, I have people, I have friends, good friends that are homosexual. I can't understand what they deal with at all because I'm not. I'm not a part of their lifestyle. Um, there are things. There, there are lots of different things that I can't fully understand if I'm just trying to be right or wrong. If I'm just trying to call someone out on what they're doing or how they're acting. But if I can build a relationship with people, I can get to the deeper issue. I talked about in worship, we want to see our enemies. We want to see them, and we want, to, we want to get rid of them. The problem is you can't see your enemies. Joseph and I talked briefly just a minute ago about last week. I mentioned that I was a punk kid back in the day, and I was. I was a punk kid. And Jesus saw a pastor and a punk kid back then. I was a jerk, man. I mean I was I was a I was a jerk. <clears throat> but someone saw something else in me. And they took the time to get to know me to draw that identity out in me. Listen, there are people that will picket things and try to try to try to use the Lord to to hurt people but they won't take the time to take the people that they're picketing out to dinner and get to know them and see what they're going through and what they're dealing with and get to know their story. And listen, listen to this (laughs) very carefully. Just like last week, there are people that want to defend those people that they're picketing and they'll hate the people that are picketing and they need to be loving them too. Jesus loved the Pharisees. He didn't like what they were doing. He called them out on it. There's nothing wrong with that. But he sat down and he ate with them. And he met with Nicodemus down some dark alley and told him about being born again. And he said, he said, go and go and learn what it means that I desire mercy over sacrifice. And he knew that they would go back to Hosea and see what the Lord was talking about. He said, I desire you to know me and know my heart more than this, this ritualistic system where you're coming and showing off with your long robes and giving all this money and widows' houses are being destroyed and they're giving everything they have and you won't even help them. And you say, Pastor, where where do we draw the lines then? Where do we we take a stand? (laughs) Only lines I see Jesus drawing is defending people. Get in between those throwing rocks and get to know them, get to know both sides. Draw the line that says, I desire mercy over sacrifice. Listen, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy, you can look from a distance and say, I hate that for you. It's like someone being stuck in a hole and saying, man, eh, that sucks. Get out of the hole. Stop, stop being stuck in a hole. Stupid. You know what I mean? Or, I'm sorry. I'm genuinely sorry you're stuck in a hole, but I'm, I'm not going to get down in there with you. Certainly not going to help you out. If you get out, then I'll help you. <laughs> but empathy says... I'll walk a mile in your shoes and I'll see what you live like. Listen, uh, I was just talking to a friend the other day about this same thing, about empathy, and they said they saw a TED Talk. I don't know if you've seen TED Talks. So They saw a TED Talk of a, a, a pretty, I guess it was a, uh, an evangelical person or, or a Christian, was not homosexual, didn't have any tendencies or anything like that, but for the sake of an experiment spent a year coming out and told everybody that he was and watched his circle of friends fall apart and watched as everyone treated him completely differently. He just wanted to see. It was just an experiment. It's been a year. Family disowning him, people hating him. He just wanted to see. He just wanted to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes and see what they dealt with and how they felt. What an eye-opener. I think that there's, uh, there's this, unwritten, <laughs> this unwritten law that if we disagree with people, that we hate them. I disagree with people all the time. I'll disagree with all of you at some point. I mean, we're going to come to a disagreement. If we hang out with each other long enough, I'm going to disagree with something. Now, there may be merit to what I disagree with you with, and I, and I may be able to help you. Genuinely, I may be able to help you in whatever area that you're dealing with, whether it's a sin issue or a financial issue or anything that you're, going on, that anything that you're dealing with. But if my goal is just to make, make you see that I'm right and you're wrong, that's not going to change you at all. I take that back. It may change you for a season. It may, it may change you for a season if I can get you to conform to a way that I know that, that works, uh, 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 certain steps that will get you to a certain place. It may work for a season, and it does. It helps. But if I don't give you the truth, <laughs> this is another thing that people misuse, the truth in love. <laughs> you laugh. You've, been, you've, probably, you've probably been on the receiving end of the truth in love. It means I'm going to be a jerk to you, but I'm going to claim love so that I'm okay. It's, it's when people say, no offense, but I'm about to offend you, <laughs> right? <laughs> people say, No offense. Buckle up, because they're about to offend you. People say, I'm, "I want to tell you this, but I'm t- I, I want to tell you the truth, but I want to tell you the truth in love. The truth in love says that that I want to to care enough about you to to empathize with what you're dealing with, what you're struggling with, and I want to be there with you and walk through it with you, figure out what's going on, so that I can genuinely help you, not just try to fix you and not just try to fix you into a into a person that looks more and acts more and talks more like me." Uh, the problem that I've seen—I can't say it's everybody, because I'm not trying to call anybody out. The problem that I see in a lot of uh, American evangelical churches is that we want people to talk and act and move and 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 look like us. And the problem with that is, especially the younger generation, uh, the millennials that come up, have questions that they don't have answers to, and they just say, "Don't ask those questions. You just do what we tell you to do." And the the, the good thing is they're not accepting that. I'm telling you, the young people in, in youth group and the young people that I meet outside um, outside of our church, they have very good questions. They're genuine in their questions. They want to know the answers to them. And if the church isn't there to, to talk about it and to answer these questions for them, they're going to find an answer somewhere. Amen. We need to be the ones that step up as adults, as mature Christians, and say, listen, we, we will walk with you through this, and whatever you're dealing with, we are here for you, and we want to build you up in everything and you call out the identity in this punk kid or this person that you think that you have nothing in common with, now all of a sudden you find unity in Christ in them. Because you see you see past what you think is your enemy in front of them, and you see your true enemy that's already been defeated by Christ, and you have something to offer them. So now your goals shift, right? Now it's not about, I need to prove to you that I'm right so that you can live right. It's I care for you and I have an answer for you that you may not know. And from that answer, your life may change radically. All right. Let's see if we can shift gears a little bit here. I want to talk a little bit about the church as a body. um, Because what happens is, when we don't see things from from Christ's perspective outside these doors, we can let that leak inside here and we begin to see people differently even inside our building, even inside our circles of friends. Ephesians 4.11 says, so Christ Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. If any of you have been in church for a few weeks, you've heard of Fivefold Ministries is where this comes from. Um, I'm a little torn on this. mainly because of what I've, what I've seen and experienced in the Holy Spirit, even in, in our church. I don't think that we necessarily need to try to decide who, who we are and who we are to represent here. I think the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are a means to an end. I think that we should be willing, because it says they're all gifts, it says to, to equip his people for works of service so the body of Christ may be built up um, until we all reach unity in the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So all these are gifts that we get. And I've seen people that are more fluid in some of these gifts, some that are more fluid as pastors and teachers, some as prophets, some, some evangelists, some apostles. But what I've also seen is people step out of those places and begin to operate in other areas that they didn't even know that they could operate in. Because, why? Listen to this. Because someone else needed something. You see, I talked about Tracy last week from the week before. She doesn't call herself some grand healer, but her hands were hot and itchy through the whole service, and she just wanted me to shut up so she could pray for people because the Holy Spirit had a healing, and he wanted to just use her to do it right he just he she was blessed from it the people that were healed were blessed from it it was it was good for everybody, but it wasn't that she's she's filled out something that says her personality leans towards healing <laughs> so If, like we talked about in the very beginning, if if we're receptive to the Holy Spirit and you're not afraid to make a mistake, in the moment, this is what's cool about Jesus walking with us every day in the Holy Spirit. In the moment, he can say, oh, I've got something for you. Go do that. This is going to be fun. Hey, this person needs you to be an apostle. (laughs) This person needs you to be a teacher. Go teach. Well, I'm not a teacher. Yeah, but this person needs you to be a teacher, and I'll help you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's a helper. He says over and over, listen, I'm a comforter, I'm a helper, I'll lead you. I don't just, I don't just kick you in the teeth every time you make a mistake. <laughs> I lead you into things that you're supposed to be walking in day by day. Life, more abundantly. Listen, your sins are forgiven, now you have life. Now you have something you can actually do and you can contribute to other people. Verse 14 says, Then we will, be no, long, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, I got a little ahead of myself, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every, at, every respect the mature body, the church, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body, uh, the church, us, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Listen, every, we, we talk about this all the time. Everything you do now is holy. If you were holy and righteous in Christ, when you make coffee, you're making coffee and you're being holy as you make coffee. There's no small task in the kingdom. If you're taking the trash out, if you were preaching, if you were teaching, if you were juggling in children's church, if if you were helping someone with a dead battery out front, there everything you're doing is, an holy, is a holy act now. Because you carry the Holy One with you. Right? We're not. God, Jesus isn't jumping, the Holy Spirit's not jumping in and, in and out of us constantly, like a schizophrenic Christ, <laughs> he, he, has, he has one direction, one mind. He's going that direction, and we just go, okay, well, we, we want to do that too. This is good for us. We talked about uh, cars run on gas. If you put milk, we talked about it in youth. You put milk in a car, what does it do? It doesn't run very well. You put water in a car, it doesn't run very well. You were created in the image of God to run on Holy Spirit. Cars run on gas. We run on Holy Spirit. It's just the way we work. And when you do, you run very well. You're firing on all cylinders. All, all cylinders. Don't get me off on car metaphors. I'll just chase that down. Um, but when you when you, when you, you are listening to the Holy Spirit and you are listening to what he has to say, you read your Bible and you see what Jesus does and he walks the streets and he heals people and he loves people and he stands between people that are... Listen, the, I wasn't going to go here. But the lady that, that is about to be stoned, all these people are lined up against him and she's guilty for, for, for all purposes, for all practical purposes. She's guilty of whatever she did. Jesus doesn't say... Um, stop sinning and I'll forgive you, does he? Don't do what you did. <laughs> he says, he he who is without sin, you guys cast the first stone. Listen, he wasn't just teaching her, but he was teaching them. Jesus, Jesus is so simple but so multifaceted. He was teaching them a lesson as well. They were like, dang, he got us. He, they were trying to catch him in something. They wanted to catch him. He said, no. He said, listen, he knelt down and he, and we, we've heard, I've heard a message, I don't know what he wrote in the sand, I've probably heard 30,000 messages of what he was writing in the sand, I don't know what he was writing. But my favorite message was, uh, I think from the ramp, and uh, he said he feels like that Jesus was needed, because what position would she have been in? She would have been very ashamed, her head would have been down. Um, I love the, the, the message that I heard, that Jesus was getting down to meet eyes with her, that he was, right, he was just doodling in the sand, he wasn't writing anything. He was just, like, trying to get her attention so that he could, he could catch her gaze so that, so that she could see that he was what she desired, not all these, not all these other men or, or whatever she was doing, everything she struggled with. He was like, I'm the answer to everything you have, and what you've been searching for is right in front of you. And he got down where she was, and he, he knelt down in the midst of her sin and said, listen, look around. Who is here to accuse you? No one else accuses you, so neither do I. Go and sin no more. Now you have a solution to your problem. I'm not just telling you go, don't do it anymore. I'm telling you don't have to do it anymore because I'm your source. This is, this is the truth we need to give people, not don't do the things that you're doing. Listen, I've got something that will fix every problem that you have. If it's a sin issue, I've got somebody that died for your sins, and he'll take it away from you. If it's a desire that you have that's not of God, he'll take it away from you. I don't have to do that. It's not my job to do that. We're not, listen, I'm not smart enough to identify all of your sins and call them out. Listen, I'm not smart enough to identify all of my sins and call them out. We're going to get to it. I'll get ahead of myself, but it talks later on if I get there and I'm not. Sorry, 1153. I'll just skip ahead. Forget it. <laughs> Confessing our sins one to another. This is why we don't, you don't, you don't have to confess your sin over and over to God. He's forgiven you of all your sins. We confess our sins one to another. Why is, how do we know that? Because you can't remember all your sins, <laughs> Have you confessed every one of your sins? Anybody? Every single one. Has anybody in here confessed every one of their sins? I can't remember that many to confess them individually. Listen, we confess, and I I promise you it's in here. It's just three pages down. I don't have time. But what I wanted to get to at the very end is we confess our sins one to another. Why do do you think we confess our sins one to another? Why do you think that's beneficial to us? This is open forum now. You can talk. Which not that you ever <laughs> nothing's ever stopped you guys from talking when I preach anyway, but here's here why why do you guys think that it's beneficial for us to for, to confess our sins one to another? Because we can be healed, yes, and that's what it says in the scripture too. Why else? Okay, so a, a kind of a level the playing field thing. Listen, I'm not perfect. What else? Encouragement, yeah. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding! You win, you win, Julius. You win the star that I don't have. You win a star sticker. Here's here's why. <laughs> no, here's why. All those, all listen. All those are true, but that's just what I want to talk about. So you only win with me. Um, here's why. We we started talking about empathy, right? How can we how can we have empathy for people if we don't truly know them? Think about this. How, how can we really know people? How can we really know how to pray for people? How can we really know how to open up and be open in relationship? Listen, relationships are messy, and you can, if you haven't already, get hurt in relationships. If you open yourself up, you can get hurt. This is why people protect their vital organs and get in the fetal position. When you open yourself up, you are vulnerable, right? When you confess your sins one to another, you are, you are laying yourself bare to, to a person, an imperfect, another imperfect person. But here's what happens is your relationship just grew exponentially. Why is that? Because now you're, you're not in competition with that person. You're not trying to outdo them in how super holy and how good you can be. Now you're like, oh, wow, you're dealing with something. I, I genuinely care. Hopefully you see this and I genuinely care for this person. Here's what's crazy. That whole I desire mercy over sacrifice Back in Hosea, what they were actually talking about wasn't just, now it was talking about your fellow man and, and helping the widows and orphans, but it was also God was saying, you don't know my heart. He wants us to empathize with him. Now, whoa, 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 why do we need to empathize with God? Why do you think we need to empathize with God? We need to know his heart for people. We, we're, we're still imperfect. I know it's a big shocker. but <laughs> We don't fully get it yet. We need to know his heart for people. We need to empathize with God because he sure enough empathized with us, came down and, and, and lived like us and worked with us and saw how we operate and, and, and dealt with us and got frustrated with us and said, you guys are dull. <laughs> Why don't you get it? I'm explaining it over and over and over again. I want you to understand it. Listen, Jesus had 12 that he hung out with all the time. Do you think he, you think he, he just needed that as a means to an end? He sent out 70. He was, there were people around him all the time. Jesus was social. He was a social butterfly. I only say that because Tracy said it the other day, and I don't know where that phrase came from, but it's funny. Are butterfly social? I don't know. He's a social butterfly. Anyway, so Jesus was like he was the life of the party, man. He was making water into wine. If you had a barbecue, you wanted Jesus there. He was He was awesome. I mean, he's healing people, he's forgiving people of sins. I mean he was he was he was a very social person. We you could go all the way back. <laughs> To the creation, and, and the word was with God, and the word was, was God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father were all together in the beginning, so you were created from a social system. You were created from, from a community, for community. There is no Lone Ranger Christianity. It doesn't exist. In our social media society, sometimes we can pick and choose. Well, I like this message. I like this style of music. And we can sit back and go, well, I don't need the church. I don't need people. Bull. That's baloney. <laughs> And I, in here, I wanted to talk about it, and because and, uh, it talks about unwholesome talk, and a lot of people want to say, "Well, that means don't cuss." No, it doesn't. And I want to cuss every time I hear somebody say that. <laughs> that's not what that's talking about. It's saying, "Go to your neighbor and care for them, and let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but build them up." Amen. Don't, don't, don't reduce it to a cuss word. Don't get me started on that. Anyway, don't get me started on that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> We have to empathize with God. Why? Because we need to know his heart for people. God said, listen, and when he was calling out to the Pharisees from, from last week, he was saying, listen, I want you guys to see I'm really frustrated with you because you're, you, you are, are closing the doors off to the kingdom to people, and they need it, and you guys are supposed to be the ones opening the doors of the kingdom, and you're blocking it, and, and woe to you but at the same time, he turned around and sat down and ate with them and talked to them and taught them and met them in, in, in alleyways and spent time with them and said, listen, I want you to see what I mean. And, and even when the, the widow came and gave her, and we want to make it about the widow, oh, she came and gave everything she had What great faith. And, yeah, she did have great faith. But the, the greater story there was he was trying to tell the, the Pharisees, listen, you guys are devouring widows' homes because you are coming and giving all this money to the, to the religious system. And you could take a little bit of that and give it to this widow who only has two pennies. Or not even that. This is why we don't twist anybody's arm about offering. And, and you would think our offering would plummet, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Because it's in your heart what you should be giving, not what I say you should be giving. And it's not because you're desiring blessings, because you already have the Holy Spirit. What else could you want? I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to reduce that down to a, you know, you're going to get a new car if you give money, or you're going to get tenfold what you get back. You're going to get 100 houses. Mark said that at the hospital. He's like, because he preached a sermon about 100 houses now, present, present day. And immediately we think, oh, we're going to have 100 houses. No, we've got 100 people in here. I've got 100 houses. If I lose my house, I'm coming sleeping on your couch. <laughs> Me and all my girls are coming. We're going to stay at your house. Same, you guys lose your house, come stay at our house. That's what that means. Listen, there's an abundance of relationships in this place, and that's the end goal. That should be manifest every day in you guys' lives when you walk out of this door. The people you run into should know that you... Whew, this is hard. This is hard for me. The hurting and the, the, the bad sinful, the ones we in our own paradigm think are, are bad, your door should be open to them, the Pharisees, the super religious ones that have hurt many of us in here. We're, we're a church of a lot of people that have been hurt by a religious, religious system. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Listen, those people need Jesus too probably more than some of the others. Jesus saw it as well. Be careful that you don't compartmentalize sin and sinners and, and people that aren't like you uh, and people that have hurt you because you have a new source and you're not you're not connected to them in a way that they give you life, the Lord gives you life and you should be sharing it with other people. I didn't get anywhere near through my notes, but that's fine. Um I'll close with this love love people like Christ loved you. I said that past tense let me rephrase love people like Christ loves you Amen. present tense through your junk <laughs> and I, I I promise you, and I don't, I don't swear and promise a lot, but I promise you your life will benefit from it as a side effect of you loving people the way Christ loves you. I promise you it will. It's, it's, I, hear me out. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It probably will be hard. It will be hard, but it will be worth it. Bill? And when it's hard, call Bill. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm serious. Bill will encourage you. I, I know that was kind of jokingly, but Bill will encourage you. Bill, b- like many other people in here, Bill is one of those people that is a, a, a very quick, uh, I don't know if I want to call you prophetic, but I will. Because we think of prophetic like, like we read cards and can read the future. Yeah, no. I, yeah, that's not. Pr- prophetic is just speaking the truth. Speaking the truth in love. And Bill is, is one of those people that are gifted in that and just coming right out and, and telling you. So, um, yeah, call Bill. All right. <laughs> Stand up with me. I'll pray for you guys. <laughs> What's your number? Y'all can, get, y'all can get Bill's number. You can thank me later. You can thank me later, Bill. We need like a church phone number? A church phone number? We, 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 we're spoiled to Facebook, so we just put all our prayer requests on the Facebook page. And yeah, see, I can't log them on Facebook Oh, man. You, y'all have mine? You don't have my number? Okay, you have my number. Call me, and I'll give you bills. All right, Father, I just thank you. <laughs> I just thank you that, uh, Lord, I thank you that you have a sense of humor, Father, because you created me in your image, and I have a sense of humor, so there's that. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for your joy that's not laced with guilt and shame, but, but it's pure, and, and the closer we get to you, Father, the more we see it, and we can, we can enjoy it. Father, I thank you that <clears throat> you don't lead us into a place that, that you would, you, you don't lead us into a place of sin, but you lead us into a place of freedom. And Lord, when you give us uh, our new hearts and our righteous hearts and, and our holy hearts, Father, um, you don't stop there. You don't just stop with us. And Lord, help us to see that you don't stop with us. Help us to see that we are to, to be contagious, to be uh, distributors of your kingdom, Father, to, to just give out that love, Lord, and not be afraid of making a mistake. That you're not gonna leap out of our body in fear and 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 frustration, Lord, but you're gonna you're going you're gonna look around and go, hey, I'm still here. Let's let's work through this. So, Father, I thank you for intimacy, Lord, for intimacy with you and for, for our friends and families and, and our enemies and the ones that we we don't like, um, that we're frustrated with, Father. Uh, let us see them the way that you see them. Let us see those those people that we see as enemies and those people that we see, um, that 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 look or act or, or have a different perspective than we do, Lord, help us see them as friends, and help us see them the way that you see them. In Jesus' name, Amen.